0: Hooray, hey, we're back. Uh, This is still recording, and we are on the week of of Thanksgiving break. Very excited to be here. I'm Tony Hannitys. And I'm Quentin. I'm back from England, so that's cool. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's...
0: (laughs) No, it's it's hard uh, coming back, and I I knew it was going to be harder... Uh, Due to jet lag and everything. Mm -hmm. But man, it was a blast. Definitely. Way too short though. Yeah? I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, you saw the vlogs. um, And it was only like maybe four, five days worth. Maybe only four full days. Because the last day was really just getting back on the plane. And when when you're flying back also, at the particular time that we were flying at, it was always sunny because every time zone we hit, it was always like the middle of the day.
1: Oh yeah. So time would be like frozen for you.
0: Kind of. But what's really cool about the Virgin Atlantic windows is that it kind of dims itself into a tinted window. Uh, so it can go from completely transparent to, you know, somewhat blocked where you don't see anything from the outside Fancy. Uh, like some like like sunglasses yeah no is it was, it was definitely really cool um but
1: did it still have the shade where you could like say no no
0: no 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 the, uh, the this this kind of artificial shade that it that it uh, does through i don't know if it's uh if it's mechanical or if it's i think it's more of an electrical current that it allows more or less electricity through, so it blocks the the, the outside visuals. But either way, it, it was it was kind of cool, and uh, you know, he, and uh, I never at one point felt like I was getting too much outdoor sunlight uh, bothering my eye-
1: eyeballs. That's fancy. Yeah, it's real fancy.
0: But I got to say, if you or any of your any of the listeners here uh, or any of your friends, when you talk to them, if you go to London, uh, Uber it all, Uber, Uber, all Uber Alice. Yeah, Mm. just don't don't uh, don't do like you can do the underground once just to say you've done the underground Mm -hmm. and do the do the double decker bus once if you've never been on a double decker bus. But I'm sorry to the black cabbies out there. I know you guys are, you know, a a, uh, a you know a, a big thing in London. It, you, you're you're a namesake. You're uh, uh, in in your own right. You, you are London, but you're are you are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you when I've got two kids and my my myself and my wife and trying to just you know pay for the simplest of things like food, I'm going to go half price and go on Uber.
1: Now I thought Uber was banned in uh, London.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it is not. Basically what happened was that they lost their license to operate, but then it, it is currently getting renegotiated. So during the, during the time frame of renegotiating the license, they can still operate. And every yeah, every Uber driver I spoke with, without even like really bringing it up, they're like, "Yeah, Uber's great. Screw the black cabbies. They're just a bunch of crooks run by the mafia." And uh, I uh, I know that the license is going to stay because we're such a pivotal uh, and intrinsic part to London now. Now that we're a thing, mm-hmm. so and then and then randomly this one london taxi uh, or rather this one uh, uber driver started telling me about this startup that he has on the side and it's actually in cryptocurrency and i know you and i have talked about like bitcoin and and dogecoin and a few other things and <laughs> when when i mentioned to him the exact crypto coin that he was investing in i think i blew his mind <laughs> Oh, do you mean Ethereum? He's like, oh, my God, you know what it is? Like, yeah, of course I do.
1: (laughs) His uh, uh, brain probably exploded.
0: Well, their brains exploded when I said to them that all of California is not sunny and beautiful in bathing suits and Baywatch. Like, they had this, like, when we said, yeah, we're from California. Like, oh, it must be beautiful now. Not really. (laughs) The weather's like this. Like, if you go from San Francisco... To London at this time of year, it's it's very, very similar. It's a little colder, but it's, it's at least uh, familiar to the point that you're not going to be too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they were like, wow, I thought it was always sunny. Nope, yup, that's the wrong part of California.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from there.
0: Being being from Silicon Valley and whatnot, a, a lot of the a lot of people, not just the Uber drivers, but my cousins and a lot of the other friends uh, and people that we t- talk to, like, oh, you must be in the in the heart of everything with Apple and Google and, and and Uber and and Snapchat. It's like, yeah, yeah, we are, and it's kind of a tech bubble, and it's not a big deal to us. And I know it sounds so 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 privileged and uh if uh, you know first world problems kind of complaints but yeah we we got over it we got over the hype pretty quickly
1: <laughs> you probably got over the hype real fast when your uh, rent like doubled
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's one of those things that humbles you when you find out that there are actually Google employees that are sleeping out of their car oh. even though they work at Google It's interesting to say the least.
1: Yeah, I was I remember I was in town for a meeting a couple meetings for a different company and there was an apartment complex right across the street from this company and I was curious about this company and wanted to know how much those apartments were, so I went on the site and for a single studio no bedrooms, a single studio, was $1,800. Hundred. Yeah. That sounds about right. Goodness gracious, <laughs> you can get a house here for that. Like a four-bedroom house.
0: I never said it was right. I said it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> it's two different things.
1: Yeah, we, I, we had... um. We had some family uh, move out to California uh, semi-recently. I think they did it at the end of last year, if I remember correctly. I can never keep track of my wife's family. It's so big. Um, But I remember them, like, they were moving over there, and they went from this huge house, gorgeous house. Everybody had their own room, and they moved to California, and people are, like, sharing rooms now. And yeah. they didn't expect that, and I'm like, "That's what happens when your cost of living is doubled." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I guess there are pros and cons to it, right? The pro would be that for for my line of work and for my interests and the things that that my son likes to do, my daughter and my wife likes to do, we're surrounded by those things,
1: hmm. right?
0: So the, the the argument would be we don't have to travel far. To do comic conventions. We have one every other month. Like there, there's always <laughs> something like an anime convention or a toy convention. There's always something. Um, or for my son, there's a lot of acting capability uh, opportunities. He just got a, a part in Hairspray. He's going to play corny. So I'm very excited for him. Very proud go. of him. Yeah, um, for my daughter, there's you know, there's ballet, but there's also the San Francisco uh, ballet that she can watch. She, she's expressed interest in seeing that. Um, you know, there, there's there's just so much culture and opportunity, not not just for livelihoods, but just to be introduced to things. But with that being said, it also costs you know X amount of dollars to just wake up, right? Like it just. Like the, there definitely is a point where is it is it really worth all of this for for what we are experiencing in the short amount of time that we are on this planet? And I gotta say for the for every place that I've lived and you know I the fact that we eventually came back here, I think it, we came back here for that reason. Mm-hmm. Where it you know it it is a sacrifice of cost um but what we get in return, not to sound corny but it's kind of priceless mm-hmm. as long as you as long as you you know take advantage of it, if someone gives you something you know these things on a silver platter and you you toss it away like oh that's, I'm not really interested in that, I'm like okay, we'll figure out what you are interested in go just go it might not be here. <laughs> If it's not here, fine, but figure it out. Don't waste your time and just complain about it. Um, but I do feel I feel sad for uh, people that do work for multi-billion dollar corporations like Google and Apple and Facebook and Twitter. And they're, all this gentrification is actually not helping them. It's actually making it worse for them. Speaking of Apple, I do want to bring something up. As you know, uh, I'm a big android fan but i'm also a fan of of innovation and and uh competitiveness and apple came out with the iphone x or 10 depending on who wants to hit me Uh, (laughs) the iphone 10x we call it that you're getting yours um any minute almost and uh, that's going to be very
1: exciting delivery
0: I I I hate that when they's like it's out for delivery. Like, can you just go to me first? Like, everyone else is fine. They they can wait. I'm more important. Um, but with that being said, there there have been a few things that have been going on with with the iPhone 10 and just iOS in general, like the auto correcting bug or the facial recognition uh, recognizing not only ident- identical twins but also sons and daughters of the mother or father, and people have been coming to the rescue of Apple, like left and right, like, oh, it's it's a new thing, or it, it's fine, just do the autocorrect in your settings, and it'll, it'll, it'll be fine. Why is that when Apple has a problem, everyone, not everyone, but the vast majority of people, are like, it's fine, it's not a big deal. But when other companies that generally their competitors have a problem. It's like the death nail.
1: You know, I've heard, um, I've heard that being called cheer pressure. I've heard it, uh, being called cheer pressure where it's, uh, like you must, you, you must be behind this, this team. You must be behind this company or this product or whatever you, you, you can't speak ill of it. You can't criticize it. You must talk it up as much as you possibly can. Um, I don't hundred percent disagree, like I don't disagree with it and I don't agree with it at the same time. Like I am not one, uh, for negative, um, like just being negative to be negative. Like I'm all for constructive criticism, but when you're just being negative straight across the board, it, it, it doesn't help anything. Like when you, when people are like, I hate xbox or i hate apple or i hate this it's like but but why well i hate it because it doesn't do what my phone does okay great but why do you hate it right like i've never i've never been a big fan of that like i can i can respect like hey i am more of a playstation person and xbox is doing good things but it's not really like my vibe okay can't really argue against that like what do you what do you say to that but, um, when people are like down with this, I uh, calm down, <laughs> this isn't a war, this isn't black and white, calm down. <laughs> um, but as for like the, the people that are always just coming to people, coming to the company's aid, there is some good in it, in my opinion, because the thing is like when you are that company, it's really hard to defend yourself because like, let's, let's say the, the autocorrect bug that Apple had recently, like that's never happened before. As far as I know, anyway, I mean, I could a hundred percent be wrong, but as far as I know, and for people who don't know, the issue with Apple was they released an update that, uh, when you typed in the letter I, for example, um, I went to the store, I. Uh, it would replace it with this a question mark equals. Like it was this weird, like coding bug and it would replace it nearly every time. Um, and it like, I can get why people would come to Apple's aid because it's, I would say almost trashy and really frowned upon if Apple's like, well, here's the reason why we're working. Like, it's just hard for companies to defend themselves like it's always um it's always a pain for like me when people are on like uh the utah gamers uh facebook page and they're bashing on xbox and saying all these things, and a lot of them like I look at them and I'm like, no, that's actually like you're saying I can't change my account email which i when actually you can, and there's this fine line that you have to watch of like do you respond or not because it can look bad on both you and the company? And it's the same way for any of these tech, any company, really. So I can understand why there needs to be a uh, an amount of people that don't work for them, that are, you know, fans, that have that cheer pressure that's like, hey, wait a second, I have the answer, you're wrong, and I don't work for the company, so I can just, you know, tell you you're wrong to your face without any repercussions,
0: yeah, no, it's it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, Google launched Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL. I was going to get the XL, but then they had this whole OLED screen burn that was happening within a week, and arguably that should not happen. And people came to Twitter and Facebook and Reddit and droves and just started bashing on the phone. Even people that hadn't owned the phone yet were just bashing on the concept and idea of a phone doing that so quickly. And then Google said, you know, actually screen burn is quite normal for AMOLED screens, but uh, we do see that there is an issue of it doing it so quickly. So we're gonna we're gonna put a fix in, which I believe they did. But everybody came out of the woodworks. To just trash Google and their, I guess, their quality control and how poor it was. But then, like, the amount of people that I saw being negative about iOS issues was, like, 50% less. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, is this just, like, super iPhone I, iOS iPhone fanboyism? Or is it more of... Android fans like not supporting Android and saying hey hey they'll fix it because they eventually will like that that's what I couldn't understand. I agree with you that there needs to be a balance between being positive to be positive and to be negative to be negative and especially if you can be constructive when you're negative that's probably best. But it seems to me that the outcry of negativity against Apple is always so much less than it is when it ha- happens to be with Microsoft, Google, or, uh, or even other like non-hardware and uh, software companies like, like, like Facebook. Like, Facebook will do something and then it will be a problem for a week and then it will be done. Google will do something or Microsoft will do something. It'll be problem for a month and then it'll be, uh, finally be done. Apple will do something wrong. It'll be a problem for a day. And that's, that's what I, I wonder like, what is that exactly? Is that, is that just fanboyism or is it just Apple? Like actually, is it Apple actually turning around saying, okay, yes, we will take responsibility for it. Or is it just the, the overall media and just the, the scope of how, People oversee iOS and and iPhones and say, oh, no matter what, it's better. So just deal with it, even with the problems.
1: Well, the two things I'd point out is like bandwagoners, right? People who see, oh, everyone's uh, bashing on this company, so I gotta I gotta join in as well. Um, so you have those people, and then the other thing uh, with when it comes to Apple like an Android and Google and all that fun stuff is when I used to work in an office, people who had an iPhone when it came to talking to others about iPhone usually tended to keep to themselves. Whereas Android people who had Android phones made it a point to go out of their way to make sure that they would tell you that your phone sucked and that you should be getting an android and they don't know why you had an apple. They they it's very you can draw some really uh strong lines between like android PC master race and apple console where it's like, well, I can do all these things and you should feel bad for not having all these features and it's like, but I don't that's not what the experience that I'm looking for. Well, you should feel bad. I well I, I can... don't I,
0: I yeah no I I can agree with that to a certain degree because when when we when I got into the um, you know mobile game uh, specifically with Verizon Wireless as my employer we didn't have iPhone for a, for a while and all we had was Android and for when when Android came out in 2009 for Verizon it came out gangbusters like there was no question that it was a suitable competitor to the iPhone at that time. We used to crap on the iPhone the fact that it didn't have flash, which is laughable at this point. The fact that it didn't um, do simple things. The fact that it didn't have a physical keyboard. I mean, we laugh, you know, it. Would, it, it retrospectively, that is the dumbest thing to laugh about. But the, the idea that we gave customers... The option to either use touchscreen or physical keyboard was a much better user interface than forcing them to use their stubby little thumbs on a tiny little screen, which was the other thing. The iPhone had a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Um, I think I was a little bit of a part of that I, I uh, Android master race when people said, yeah, I've got the iPhone 4S. So like ha! Look what I got. And I mean, you know, my my Android was kind of a piece of crap at the time. Um but for what I used it for, it definitely was better for me. Um Yeah, I and I'm so I'm not saying that either side of this argument is 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 perfect.
1: And definitely we're not. I'm going to say to you, I'm going to say to everyone, we're not going into the Android versus iOS.
0: <laughs> definitely not. Because clearly I win, but the fact is, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But the 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 fact is, like, um, I I don't know. Maybe this whole issue that I see is because I'm here in Silicon Valley. Do you do you out there in the the great state of Utah find that there is still a very real? iPhone fanboyism? Because um, I know you see that with uh, PCMR uh, versus console and things like that. But do, do you see it? Or do you feel like it's as big of an issue over there than we have it over here?
1: You know, I see the like Apple versus Android thing. I see it a lot less. But then again, I actively avoid it. Like if it even starts coming up in conversation, I actually like stop. It. I'm like, look, I've done my time. I've. I've spent four years in an office listening to this debate between coworkers day in and day out. I, am, I don't care how many updates have come. I don't care what features have come. I don't care. I like mine. You like yours. Leave it.
0: Well, I hope you enjoy your Animojis with your new iPhone X 10 um, DMX. Um, and send me a few if you can, if you're even able to. Oh my um, gosh! I totally
1: oh, forgot about this.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely one of those Hee, he, he, I can do this, and then after a week, after a week, you're gonna be over it. I'm I'm sure.
1: Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Those are gonna it, get old so it, fast.
0: <laughs> even even the even the new Pixel, the Pixel two has this kind of augmented reality th- sticker thing, and they showed off with the stickers from Stranger Things, where you can have a Demogorgon, you know, standing right beside you, and it's kind of interactive with what you're actually doing next to it which is kind of cool um but i don't i don't think even like the most casual of youtube film uh, film photographers or cinematographers cin- cinematographers would even give it too much clout um Although I think the technology itself, and that—that's what this kind of comes down to. Apple and Google are both showing off technology that has never really been shown off before in a mobile setting, and right. we look at it as a gimmick, and then you know years down the line, we're going to see how much useful it is. Case in point, the Connect. The Connect was kind of a gimmick. Let's let's be real. Just like you know, just like motion sports at the time was really cool. It's kind of a gimmick until, until we get that technology to be a lot more crisp and a lot more useful. Then we get things like Windows Hello. Then we get things like not. It's not exactly uh, in an uh, uh, analogous, but from motion gaming, you also can. Uh, you, you could potentially say, well, that's how we came up with the idea or similarities to the motion controls with the Oculus or with the Vive. You know, there were definite inspirations from motion gaming that that, that spawned those controllers that we have and with the Windows Mixed Reality. Right. So I, I don't have any problem with the Animojis as a technology and nor do I have any problems with the stranger thing sticker. Um, because I know that eventually it'll become one of those things that we will accept later on, maybe not in its current form, but there will be something that will be a lot more useful to us as a society. Uh, what that is exactly, I don't know.
1: Now, maybe you can answer a quick question for me on the pixel with those uh augmented reality experiences are it using an ir camera or just a regular camera
0: i think it's just a regular camera because the pixel 2 uh both the small and the large one do not have a secondary camera
1: okay yeah i'm i'm that's the one thing i'm kind of curious on because it's the first time i'm going to have a phone that actually has like an ir camera um with like true tracking so I think it's gonna be kind of interesting to see what that can do in a augmented reality arena
0: no i that's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun for you so definitely when uh, when we have our next podcast you'll have to give us the quick thirty second review of your Animojis and your i r camera experience i'm
1: gonna turn into uh uber youtuber and it's gonna i'm just i'm gonna answer the phone call what's up guys (laughs) i'll tell you one thing that's not getting cheer pressure though is star wars battlefront 2
0: ha losers
1: ouch (laughs) damn i don't know
0: No, I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I, I can't, I can't open up Reddit or even Twitter, even till this day. Um, uh, about a week after this whole thing started, without having at least one or two like mentions about SWBF two.
1: Yeah, well, we should probably start with what's going on. Sure. Star Wars Battlefront, uh, released with a huge pay-to-win model where unlocking things in the multiplayer was completely luck-based not skill-based usually um for a video game if you wanted to let's say unlock stuff for the sniper class you would play the sniper class and you would get unlocks and uh, progress through that and get better guns or better perks or better grenades or what have you um it, this is not the case for Star Battlefront. It's all 100% luck-based. When you play a match online, you get these little credits. You take the credits and you go buy a box. And you open the box and you see what's inside. And it might be something good. It might be something bad. But it's not necessarily for your class. It's just for whatever. It's for the game. Not necessarily for exactly what you want. But if you want to, you can speed things up by buying these boxes with real world money and opening tons and tons of these boxes and trying to find what you want so it's been being it's been being called a form of gambling where it's you're pulling this giant slot machine and hoping that uh what you want for the game comes out and the thing is is like a lot of games do these things nowadays where it's like they have these loot boxes as they're called But Star Wars Battlefront took it to the extreme of, first, they made it so if you wanted to unlock the character Darth Vader, it took 40 hours. If you wanted to unlock all the content in the game without spending a dime, it would take about a year and a half of consistent day after day, about 8 hour play. Every single day. Or if you do want to spend the money, you can spend about $2,200 to get enough loot crates to unlock everything in the game.
0: Because the loot crates themselves are just random. Like you don't know what's coming in in the crates. Right. You
1: could get a duplicate of something you already have. You could just get more credits. You could get anything. Anything at all. And you might get the exact thing you want, and that'd be awesome. But the thing is, is like... And people have been looking at it, and it's designed to be addicting. It's designed to feel like a slot machine with the the flashing lights and the exciting uh, noises and the, like, cheering for you when you win. Um, So recently, people have been going to Twitter and to Facebook and to Reddit and calling out EA. And EA, they kind of didn't care. And they... Went, went further and said, when they were doing tests on what people wanted, this is what people wanted. And people are telling them, no, no, it's not. And when they stopped listening, uh, they took to these social medias and went to Disney and said, EA is uh, promoting gambling for children. And I've heard some people going back and forth about this, saying, like, oh, it's just a mob mentality. And then other people saying, well, It's the only way of getting their attention, it's the only way of making it so they'll notice is if you have a mob mentality and you unite, get that united front and go to them and say, hey, pay attention to this, lots of people are mad. And honestly, um, it kind of sets a bad precedent, like, if, if people just allowed, you know, just said, okay, whatever, and just allowed it to continue, like... These bigger companies would see see hey you know we might get some small negative backlash at first, but we can continue with this and we can make a ton of money doing this. Let's do this with for all our games.
0: Let Let's be clear, Star Wars Battlefront Two is is not the only game that does this. Um, our, our colleague also reminds us that GTA Online is is uh is is accused of doing this as well too but i i would say because gta does not have the overall following and fan base of of star wars then it's it doesn't become that big of an issue um in the whole in the in the in the grand scheme of things because it isn't necessarily um putting a bad precedent or put putting a bad name to star wars the ip it's just grand theft auto and and, and people kind of shrug it away as just grand theft auto doing it's, its own kind of thing and
1: i also wonder with grand theft auto is like it's mainly a like you don't play a lot of pvp in that game as far as i understand it's it's a lot of pve player versus enemy not necessarily player versus player um i mean there definitely is but the thing also is is like if you spend as far as i understand if you spend like you can unlock pretty much every single gun in the game, um, with all the ammo you'll ever need, uh, what you're really paying for with those larger, you know, $100 cards is you're buying property, you're buying, you know, things to make your character look cool, aesthetic items, items that are not necessarily necessary, but will make your experience maybe a little more fun, maybe a little more the the way you want. Whereas Star's Battlefront is literally you are paying for progression. If you spend a hundred dollars, you could unlock the ultimate perks for Darth Vader where all of his stuff recharges eight times as fast, so all of a sudden you're playing eight times as better without that skill actually being there. All you did is you paid to win. Whereas uh Grand Theft Auto you're more paid to look cool and maybe win a little but mainly look cool.
0: Let's be honest as well too. Um EA and also let's be clear, this was EA, not Dice. EA did come back and they retracted microtransactions for now, saying that they would be back um in a different form and as of the recording of this podcast, the 22nd of November 2017. We we don't know what that is. Do you Quentin have any idea as to what they might have up their sleeve? How it might be different, better, worse? Whatever.
1: I have no idea what they're planning but honestly I personally in my in my personal opinion microtransactions should be for aesthetic items. I mean let's take uh Titanfall 2, for example, they did microtransactions right. They have aesthetic items that you can purchase for your characters or your guns or your uh, titans or whatever you want. But the cool thing is is two things. One, all these items are 100% aesthetic only. Uh, they don't affect gameplay. They don't do anything for anyone except to make you look cool. Two, they're not rng based, they are not random you see the cool skin that you want and you purchase that cool skin and it might come with a couple extras that you might use later on but it comes with the one that you specifically want overwatch has another model that is not uh terrible either where you can buy loot crates and yes they are random based, but they're still aesthetics only
0: but what about games like fifa or madden where there are cards that it's kind of like a trading card thing where it's random but the cards also deem your player and your players capabilities Uh, like i mean again that's that's an ea um ea sport ip so is is are they are they kind of guilty all across the board on a lot of their on a lot of their uh publications
1: sounds like it. I mean, I haven't uh really touched any of the sports games you'd never guess, but I don't play a lot of those. <laughs> I think we've touched on that before, but uh if it affects actual like progression or allows you to be better without getting better, it shouldn't be there in my opinion. The the fact of the matter of like unlocking things that give you an advantage is not okay. I don't want to go against someone who isn't necessarily better than me, but has a larger wallet than me, and that's why they're kicking my butt? No. No, that's not how it should work, ever. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing
0: mobile games that have multiplayer functionality, that also had microtransactions. Because a lot of the times when I played those games against other people, whether they be something like clash of clans for example where i'm i'm i might spend maximum 20 bucks on stuff within clash of clans the person that i'm rating against or whatever the terminology is they might be spending close to 200 a week comfortably and they have no problem doing it because they love the game that much and i i just i just never liked that dichotomy where it was always uh, the balance of the scales over, was always against me in favor, right? And the only way for me to do anything about it was to spend more money, or which I ended up doing, quit the game.
1: Yeah, and the the hard thing is that I've been hearing more and more is the uh, these microtransactions that once again you know are built to be addicting, are built to feel rewarding when you make make that purchase is like real world people with real gambling addictions are starting to get addicted to these games, not for the fact of, like, they're fun, but for the fact of, like, these gambling systems give them that rush, give them that endorphin feedback where they are enjoying this, not for the fact of it's a fun game, but enjoying this for the fact of, oh, hey, I spent $100, but I got the thing I wanted, I... I think. Well, the thing you know, lots of flashing lights and stuff. So I feel good.
0: I don't know how EA is going to answer to this at this at this moment because it seems like a great business model that has been working for them and other of in their other uh, top IPs like FIFA and Madden um, and, and the likes of the ultimate making your ultimate teams and stuff like that. Um. I have no problem with loot crates either, as long as they are aesthetics only. But um, the the bigger problem, I think, is the fact that people are, have gotten used to paying to play through in-app purchases on mobile. And they forget that, you know, a lot of those games are free on mobile. So paying to play, arguably, if you pay like 60 bucks, well, then you paid for a AAA game and as long as you're getting enjoyment out of it um then that's you know that that's on you but the problem is the overall arching issue is that that is actually affecting how the gaming industry sees how they can make more money off of us
1: and i think that's why from what i've been reading is that's why there's a lot of negative backlash with this one is people not only don't want this for a beloved franchise, that even myself, I want to play this. People also want to make sure that like it doesn't set a bad precedent of once again, oh, people will complain, but they'll just roll over and take it anyway. They want to say, no, this is what happens when you piss people off.
0: <laughs> well, I hope we find out what happens with the whole microtransaction in a few days from now. Thanksgiving is this week and it is the time in which that we all remember the Alamo to give thanks to our brethren of at the Alamo exactly yeah no it's 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 coming up this Thursday and you know what that means that means big sales in retail because that's how we give thanks um but with that <laughs> Um, but but with that being said, is there any particular uh, gadget or little trinket that is going on sale that you know right now that you want to take advantage of? Otherwise, throughout the uh, the rest of the year, you may or may not actually purchase?
1: You know, honestly, I haven't looked at any of the Black Friday sales. I've done my little cycle of hardware refreshes for my house. Got, you know, new Surface Pro, got the Xbox One X got my new phone coming here any minute whenever it decides to be delivered I'm good I I don't know what to look for and plus like after working in tech support like I am not a fan of the built for Black Friday devices um, devices that have like specific model numbers and specific serial numbers to Black Friday because The way I used to, the way I got described them and the way I used to describe them is like, especially for TVs, they're what I would call fruitcake TVs is the, um, if you take the analogy of, uh, cooking, uh, like a kitchen when it comes to making TVs is you have all these TVs that you've made, all these, you know, loaves of bread, all these different things that you've done and you have extra ingredients everywhere and you take all those extra ingredients and you just literally like scoop them into a giant pot and just stir it up and just say okay there we go and that is a uh black friday tv of just all these extra little bits and bobs smashed together oh we have enough to make these great smash it all together throw it out the door which makes it so it's like it's not optimized hardware it's uh usually lower build quality like when it comes to electronics, I usually stay away, and then, like, I don't, I, yeah, just as, especially with this year, I haven't looked at any of the sales. What about you?
0: Well, I don't want to buy anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Quentin, and your <laughs> logic.
1: <laughs> well, what did you want to buy?
0: Well, I did want to buy the Google Home Mini, because they're going to be, like, 20 or 30 bucks well there, there's there's a website uh i went to that in the title of the article it said google home mini in parentheses 1999 but then in the article it said itself it said um 29.99 so i'm like wait which one is it
1: Make <laughs> up your mind
0: <laughs> i realized that the two and the one are right next to each other but whoever your editor is right now is pissing me off because that does kind of make a difference whether I buy one or three. Because mm-hmm. um, one 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 thing it has um, the Google Home Mini um, is that it it, um, it does now support well, I think it, at least it does um, uh, over Wi Fi the ability to you know play the same music mm-hmm. over all the speakers simultaneously. It's kind of like a Sonos, so I kind of like that idea. Uh, and then the other thing is that it can be used as a, an intercom system. There you um, go. my you go. My wife and family would tell you I'm I'm usually not one to yell up upstairs. Like if someone's upstairs, like I would try not to raise my voice too much. I I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like to be that guy. I feel like yelling upstairs is disruptive to the other people that are in the house while they're off doing their thing. And even if they're in their room, just reading a book, having someone yell upstairs to get someone else's attention is disruptive to them during their time of rest. And I don't, I feel like it's, it's, uh, unwanted. Even, even when I ask them if it bothers them, they say, no, it's not a problem. Um, I, I try to be as courteous as possible to not be that person. Now, have I yelled upstairs? Um, yes, of course I'm a dad and I'm a human. <laughs> I've done it I've I've done it I've done it probably more times than I, I, I I'm willing to admit. Um but this intercom system, um if I place it in the proper rooms and it's if it's not abused, then um I think it would be a little bit easier. Uh, Cause there's there's even there's even been times, dude, where I'll, I'll call up for my wife and she won't answer. I'll freaking call her phone and she won't answer because she has her phone on silent uh, <laughs> since being since she was at work and uh, she still won't answer. So I'm hoping that this would be kind of like the last ditch, res, ditch resort. Like, hey, hey, I've I've tried everything uh, less than a carrier pigeon to get your attention. <laughs> Do you want rice with that? Like, you know, I just. This is the only question I have and it's kind of time time sensitive right at this moment. That's why I'm asking.
1: I don't live in necessarily a big place but it's in the it's in a U shape uh our house so sound does not travel by any means. So it, that actually might be beneficial.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that Google's implemented that uh, Amazon is I think they're currently implementing right now too is multiple accounts. So I can say to Google, you know, tell me what's on my calendar today. Uh, whereas my wife can also say, tell me what's on my calendar today. And it will recognize us separately based on our voice. Fancy. I know there's a, yeah, I know there's a lot of privacy implications and questions and security issues with that for some people. And you know, as well as I do, I, I am amongst those people that also have questions about that. But the the deal that I have with Google is this: like I, I've I've read at least through half of their terms and conditions, and while I don't agree with everything that they're doing, I know what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are some companies that I might not know what they're doing with it, and although I still use their their products, I don't use their products uh, whole uh, whole to the fullest. So that's that's kind of where I stand with that. But yeah. Depending on the uh, Black Friday cost, and I guess I will find out on Thanksgiving Day, which is on Thursday, um, I'll go to GoogleStore.com, and we shall all see together.
1: And see, those, those deals, going back to the original point, those deals aren't a bad thing. Um, because those are like just a, a regular product that is on a crazy good deal. That's not a Black Friday model or anything.
0: Yeah, you're talking about a specialized, like, well, they don't call it specialized uh, to the public, but internally, it's a special serial number of a TV or a computer or a monitor, um, generally something of of, uh, a bigger ticket value, uh, but that it can be sold at a lesser cost because they're usually older parts and to the consumer, it seems like they're getting a great deal. And to the vendor, they're just getting it out, so they they're getting more space in their in their warehouse and their manufacturing plants
1: to make room for more. <laughs> to make room for next year.
0: Yeah. Well, you've already been to CES once. It, this this is how it is every year, man. It's, it just never ends. I mean, every time that we come up with this great technology, it is great for what it is. But then come around, you know, 2018, 2019, there's going to be something that just craps on the thing that you thought was so great. But the problem with us, with capitalism and consumerism and our interest in technology it's gonna be great. We're gonna love it. <laughs> We're just feeding the beast, you and I.
1: But the good thing is is it does allow technology to grow and advance faster though. More money in, more technology out, I guess, right?
0: I guess. Yeah. I mean the only way for us to grow is for people to actually use the technology so the the people that are behind it can can kind of take a, a worldwide survey. Uh, and look at the telemetry data and, and to see, okay, people are actually, actually using this feature or they want this feature or no one cares about 8k or 4k and people, people aren't really caring about 3d TVs. Hello. Um, <laughs> things like that, you're, <laughs> you're, you're definitely right. I mean, the, the only way to move forward is, is to kind of, is to kind of, uh, bite the apple as it were. It is what it is. Um, you know, arguably, if if uh, technology didn't have this kind of constant circle, you and I wouldn't have a job. Right. But let, let's be real. I mean, at least with the jobs that you and I have, we would not be in them if they were just like, and this is what we're announcing. Okay, bye. And like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> For like 10 years, that was it. Like, okay, okay, what do we do now?
1: It is what it is.
0: Well, hey, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we can be found on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Plays, bunch of other different podcast feeds. Quentin, how can people follow you?
1: Best place is probably on Xbox, Firewall.
0: All right. The spelling can be found in the description below. And as for me, the best places would be Twitter, LazyTechTony, and on Xbox Live, my last name, Hannity's. Thanks again, guys. Take care.